The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 150 of the Latter-day Lives podcast. I'm your host, Sean Rapier. We're so glad to have you here with us this week. We've got a great conversation coming up. But first of all, I do want to thank our kind reviewers. Uh, First of all, on Apple Podcasts, uh, the username is Sarah Quilts. And thank you so much for your kind words. We appreciate it. And on Facebook, Marianne Louise, thank you for your recommendation. And again, all the wonderful words that you had to say. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, This week on the show, my guests, Karina and Kevin Ricks, run an attraction out in the Wisconsin Dells that you've got to check out. I watched a, a few videos on it, and I am fascinated by it. And it was so much fun getting to know Karina and Kevin. Now, they're out in Wisconsin. I'm in Utah, so we had to record online. And I'm just going to tell you in advance, boy, did we have a time trying to figure out the technology part of it. One thing wasn't working and then the other. And then it turned out while we were recording, there was a delay. So we were kind of off. I've done some editing and cleaned it up. But also, while we were going through the settings, somehow trying to figure it all out, I turned off my microphone. So I'm only recording on my laptop microphone and... Uh, I apologize, it's not the normal audio quality that we have, but it's well worth it, because the important thing is Karina and Kevin are just amazing people, and you will love this conversation. And uh, this week in my Latter-day Life, where is the great and spacious building? It's all coming up, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. And today on the Latter-day Lives podcast, I'm really excited because, as you know, we've had a variety of guests on with lots of different stories, but nobody with lives like what we have today. Uh, And I'm super excited to meet you guys. Uh, Karina and Kevin Ricks, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're super glad to have you on. And I'm going to kind of leave some suspense and and kind of let people wait to hear about what you're most well-known for. But first of all, we want to get to know you a little bit and get to know your histories. Karina, why don't you start us off? Okay, well, I, I was raised in Canada. Uh, formative years, Vancouver Island in British Columbia, and teenage years just south of Calgary, Alberta, a town called Okotoks. So I got to live by the ocean in the first 10 years of my life and then live in the mountains or close to the mountains, the Rocky Mountains. So are your family members of the church, Karina? Were you raised in the church? Yes. Awesome. How many kids in your family? Five. Mm, so kind of a kind of a traditional Latter-day Saint family, sounds like. And then what were you into when you were kind of more of a teenager? What was what was your what were your hobbies? What were your interests? Uh, my interests were going to Saturday night dances. They were also raiding my mother's sewing drawers that she called it her yes drawer that she put all her uh, trimmings. (laughs) And I would create whatever came to my mind. Um, It was also, I also loved to build forts. They kind of got better and and better. And I actually, you know, built a, 
I remember building a fort and having to stop because it was time to go out on a date. So I was even a little older than most most uh, kids, I think, still building forts. Okay, so Karina, this is starting to tell a story about you. I'm, I'm starting to understand you a little bit better because, uh, you know, building forts and sewing costumes and putting things together is going to come into play with what we're what we're going to be talking about in a minute. So that definitely, definitely sets the table. Um, and then take us up to when you met, uh, when you met Kevin. Okay. Well, I, I went after graduating from high school, I went off to Rick's college. I was uh, sitting in a creative writing class and I was put in a group that our instructor said, she said, you know, when I put people into groups, I don't do it just out of the blue. I am led by the spirit. So there's a reason you are put with who you're put with. <laughs> <laughs> she was very proud of the fact. Oh, that I love that. She has put <laughs> the right people together. Oh, that's awesome. This takes us all the way up to Kevin. Yeah. So Kevin, why don't you tell us a little bit of your backstory? Well, I'm a simple Idaho boy, born in Idaho, grew up there, was raised there. But uh, my interests were I, I was heavily into all sports and uh, and all types of games. Uh, I was known by my family as a game master because we had several family reunions and I'd take a traditional game like croquet or anything else, but I'd put a twist on it. And, uh, and I, I really got into doing things like that. Uh, also, uh, not knowing Karina at the time, I also loved building things, uh, mostly haunted houses. And so uh, it became a tradition for us, for me to uh, build a, a haunted house for outgoing seniors for the senior party. And uh, there were several different places where I built those. I built them in caves and barns. And at one time in an actual haunted house that they were going to tear down. And so they said, you can do whatever you want in it. Um, but, and then, yeah, like wow. Rick said, I uh, ended up at Rick's college and uh, met Karina in the creative writing class. That is so, all right. So it's kind of funny because I know what's coming. Uh, just the fact that, yeah, Hey, I'm in haunted houses and games. Hey, I'm into building and into uh, sewing gee, I wonder what we should do for a living and for a life. I, this is awesome. What a great story. Uh, so you guys ended up getting married. Did you get married in Idaho? Actually, we got married in Karsten, uh, Alberta, at the temple there. And what came next after you guys got married? My father um, was a set designer. He's retired now. He's, he was a set designer, um, designed museums, attractions, <clears throat> But he never had one of his own, but he had the opportunity <clears throat> right after I graduated from high school to uh, come into a partnership and to actually own a museum that he had designed. That was a wax museum in Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin. And um, that's how my family ended up in Wisconsin. And that was about the same time Kevin and I met. Um, we were engaged and working at the Wax Museum, and um, that's where Wisconsin comes into play. So that was your that was your dad's attraction in Wisconsin was a wax museum. Yes. That's what he he ended up doing. Yes. 
And then did you guys go to work with him on that? Uh, no. Uh, Karina worked there um, taking tickets and, and whatnot. We, uh, from when we got married, we spent a lot of time out west still. It took us a while to get to Wisconsin. Um, we were finishing up school and, uh, and working out there. And Karina's dad had invited us to come out. Um, I really didn't know anything about Wisconsin Dells. Um, I didn't know um, anything about what he did, really. But uh, he had asked to, asked for me to come out and to uh, be a marketing manager. And anyway, at one point in our married life, we decided, um, let's give it a shot. I was intrigued with what he did and uh, in, in Wisconsin Dells. And uh, I really didn't know that that was an option for a career. And so we said, hey, we're young. Let's, uh, let's go out and give it a shot and see if we like it or not. And uh, so we came out and actually, yeah, we, we worked uh, at that point. We worked at the Wax Museum. And he also at that point had a Ripley's Believe It or Not, too, that he was building. Let's talk quickly about the Wisconsin Dells, because I'm sure we have listeners. We have listeners all around the world. I'm sure we have some listeners going, what is a Wisconsin Dells? As I mentioned, I've been to Madison, Wisconsin at least 50 times, maybe more. But I've never been to the Dells. I've seen lots of signs. So give us some background on what the Wisconsin Dells is. Well, Wisconsin Dells, uh, we like to call it the Disneyland of the Midwest. Um, (laughs) We're known as the water park capital of the world. (laughs) We uh, We have more gallons of water per capita than any other place in the world. Um, But how the Dells came to be uh, a tourist destination was that there's four places in the world where they have these um, rock formations uh, called Dahls, D-A-H-L-S. And one of them just happened to be in Wisconsin Dells uh, when the glaciers melted and created a, uh, some unique rock formations. And so that's what started it all out here was people would come and take boat tours. It's absolutely beautiful out here. Um, and there's it's just one by one different attractions started popping up until really we're we consist of two small towns wisconsin dells is the name of one town lake delton is is the other um combined we're only about six thousand in population but uh in the summertime when which is our main season um we go from a population of 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 about six thousand to about twenty five to thirty thousand with all the employees that we hire. And uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a, a very unique place. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And I've always been fascinated with it. There are so many billboards and signs for all the attractions and all the water parks. And I mean, I, I really would like to go out on vacation there sometime. It sounds fascinating. Uh, tell me a little more about, uh, about the Wax Museum. I'm fascinated. Was it the kind of Wax Museum where it was more scary stuff, or was it uh, celebrities? What, what kind of Karina? What kind of wax museum did your dad run? Yeah, it was it was both of those. It was uh, royalty, uh, British royalty. It was Hollywood. It was a fantasy land um, showcasing a lot of the Disney animations. Uh, and yes, it did have a chamber of horrors. That that museum no longer exists. There's actually something different in its place right now. Um, and I, 
think we'll get into that. But uh, when when Kevin and I were engaged uh, the summer that we were engaged, we spent the summer in Wisconsin um, working at the Wax Museum. And we had some really fun experiences pretending to be wax dummies. Um, I We would dress up and, and stand there and, and throw people off because they would assume that we were, we were wax. And I, I think I'll let Kevin tell you, he somehow came up with the best stories in his interactions with people. So I'll let him tell that story. It was a fun time. So I had this, uh, this uh, outfit that I put on. It was a Bobby policeman, so a London policeman outfit. And I'd put that on and I'd stand at the end of a hallway where one of the air conditioning ducts were. So it'd keep my body rather cool. And, uh, and then at the further end of the hallway was a Sleeping Beauty scene that was actual wax. And uh, at the beginning of the wax museum, all the wax figures were typically behind glass. Uh, so you couldn't interact with it or touch them. At the beginning of the Wax Museum, we had two actual wax figures that uh, were portraying a, uh, a tourist couple. So one was taking a picture of his wife. And so when people would come in, they didn't want to step in between them to um, interrupt the picture. And then they would finally realize, oh, you guys are just wax. And then they'd walk between them and that would trigger an infrared ray which would make the flash go off so with that setting um i i was at the end of the wax museum and i'd set up and i got pretty pretty good at being able to uh see right through people without blinking and uh and and became pretty good at being a wax dummy but for the most part the majority of them had no doubt that i was actually actually wax and so uh these two couples came in and they were they were they were big couples i mean the the guys were probably you know six three six four and uh anyway one of the big guys just came right up to me and stuck his chest into mine and looked down at me and said buddy this museum's not big enough for the two of us and uh i looked up and i said well one of us oh my gosh <laughs> So I looked up and I said, one of us better leave then. <laughs> and the the other couple screamed and ran back through the museum. His girlfriend screamed and ran through the chain at our exit, and broke through the chain there. He screamed and then just fell on top of me, just leaned on top of me and started laughing and, uh, and said, oh, you got me. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we had... I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, that sounds like so much fun. What a great time. So how long did you guys work for the Wax Museum? So basically, that was just kind of the summer before we got married, and we're going to just start our own lives together. And really... It was one season for us. So basically, three months is uh, the time that we both got there together. Because it really is a summer town. I mean, all these attractions... It's the the majority is summertime, right? Yeah, it's definitely turning to the to become um, a year round destination. Um, you know, because of the major water parks and resorts that we have here, uh, every weekend throughout the entire year is busy. 
but uh, yeah, eighty percent of our uh, business no, comes during the summer. All right, so you guys end up uh, not working for the Wax Museum anymore. What came next? Well, raising kids. <laughs> that that was a big adventure. <laughs> so we uh, we moved back out to sure. uh, we moved back out to Idaho, and I was in sales, um, and we ended up in Utah. Um, I was working for a, a, a wood window and door company called Pella Intermountain, and uh, we ended up having uh, mm. two boys and two girls, and uh, yeah, just just was loving life. We we love the outdoors. Karina and I actually continued to uh, carry on my tradition of building haunted houses um, after we were awesome. married. Uh, my one of my sisters who was graduating from from high school, she's the one that said, "Hey, you're not going to believe this, but we have an actual haunted house that they will donate. That the people that bought it are going to tear it down and build a new home." And so they said that you can do a haunted house, build a haunted house out of it, and you can do whatever you want to the walls, the floors, or anything. <laughs> so that was a a unique experience. So. Karina and I spent uh, several, we were living in Utah at the time, and this was in Idaho. So we'd go up on the weekends and um, we'd have to work throughout the night to get this done. And so we spent uh, several hours in this haunted house and, uh, and, and actually had some experiences. Awesome. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask is, did, did you have any, you, you believe that there was something going on there? The story was that up in the master bedroom, in the master closet, that uh, that door would open up and a spirit would come out. And people were saying they'd jump out the window, but they, they definitely said that they sensed stuff there. And Karina and I, we, uh, you know, I grew up making haunted houses and it takes a lot to, to scare me. But so when we took this over, they had obviously shut down or turned off the water and all the electricity. So we were working with lanterns and flashlights, and it was just Karina and I. And uh, <laughs> anyway, it was a, a little after midnight, and uh, we had forgotten something essential in making a haunted house, probably duct tape or something. And um, so Karina got in the car and was going to drive back to my folks' place, which from that house was about a 20, 25-minute drive. And... Uh, and I was working down in the root cellar because that's where my gig was going to be. And uh, so she left. I, uh, I was there alone in a haunted house um, in the middle of nowhere, out in the middle of, of the country. And anyway, shortly after she left, not too long, yeah. I heard something upstairs. And so, uh, you know, how your mind just starts playing tricks on you. And I'm just... I'm the type of guy, I'm that, I'm that foolish person that you see in, uh, in the movies that goes and investigates. And so <laughs> I'm, like, I love it. I'm like, okay, I, if I don't go s see what this is, I'm just going to freak myself out. And I had no way, I had no car, Karina took it. And so I'm stuck there. So I, I just went straight up. I climbed up the ladder out of the root cellar went up the stairs to the master bedroom and went right to that closet. Cause I, I figured that's the source of my, uh, oh where my I gosh. Afraid. And, uh, and you know how your adrenaline goes. And I 
the closet door was open and I just jumped in and, and uh, pretended that I was a black belt and did the, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and was proceeding just to uh, basically <laughs> beat, up, beat up the uh, stale air that was in the closet because there was nothing in there. And uh, so I, you know, I, I shut the closet door and I went back down the stairs and then I got to the top of the ladder and was proceeding to climb back down into the root cellar when I heard that door open up again. And so I, I Oh no. I grabbed I grabbed my hammer and I went back up there and the closet door was opened again. And so I jumped in and just started swinging the hammer and let my adrenaline go. And uh, again, there was nothing there. <laughs> and so I, I figured, okay. Oh, my gosh. So the windows in the master bedroom were all broken out, and we had cleared all the glass out. So I figured, okay, maybe the door did not latch, and a breeze had come in, and, it, and the door opened up. And so I closed the door again and shook the handle and pulled on it to make sure it was latched. And I started to go down the stairs again, and I only got halfway down the stairs when that door opened up behind me. And so I ran out of the house, and I started running down the road. And and then that's when Karina was coming back, and and I'll let her pick up from there. Well, I just came back from picking up the duct tape, and there was Kevin running down the road. Running down the road. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is fantastic. That is so funny. We did finish it, though. We We did did finish the haunted house. We decided not to leave either one of us there alone. And uh, we finished it. And it was probably one of my most favorite haunted houses that we've done. I am definitely not as fearless as you guys are. So. So all this goes on. You, you're raising kids. You're living in uh, in the West now. Uh, something ended up dragging you back out to the Wisconsin Dells. Tell us that story. So, at the time, I was um, I was selling windows and doors for Pella Intermountain, and we were living in Utah. And uh, I had pretty much climbed uh, as high as I could um, on that ladder, and and there was really not much further I could go in this company. Um, and I was putting in a lot of long hours and I approached him to see if, if I could, could buy into the company or something, but, but the opportunity wasn't there. And this is about the time that, um, Norm had suggested, uh, Karina's dad had suggested that we come out and, and, uh, be the marketing manager out there. At the time, I honestly, I'm a lover of the West and of the mountains, and uh, I really didn't have any interest in moving to Wisconsin. Um, I really didn't want to. Yeah. And uh, but we thought, you know what? We're we're young. Let's go try it for a summer and just see if we like it. And uh, and so we did. And. Uh, and we fell in love with the the tourism industry, but I still was not in love with Wisconsin. I still uh, loved the mountains mm. and loved the West, and so it was it was really difficult. And so at this point in our lives, we um, we, we built a Ripley's, believe it or not, in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and uh, we moved 
to Wyoming and, and we ran a, uh, the Ripley's Believe It or Not in Jackson Hole for 19 years, but I was flying back and forth. Karina and I would take turns flying back and forth to the Dells because we were operating the, uh, the businesses out here at that time too. And so we were just sharing time between Wyoming and Wisconsin um, for about 19 years. And then it was after our youngest uh, child had graduated from high school, we, uh, we sat down and had a serious talk about where we should be. And um, both of us had prayed about it. We pondered on it. And we both felt like we needed to be in Wisconsin. Our, our oldest son was working for us and living in Wisconsin at the time. Um, he had fallen away from the church and he was struggling and uh, we both felt like we needed to be out in Wisconsin. And our, our business in Jackson Hole gotcha. was, was doing okay, but wasn't doing exceptionally well. And uh, so we, we made the decision that we were going to move to Wisconsin. But I'll, I'll tell you, I, uh, I, I, really had, I really didn't want to. And, uh, and I prayed to Heavenly Father that, yeah. I, I just said, Heavenly Father, I know you want me out there. And so help me want to be out there. And uh, and I got the most com- right. I got the most comforting response. And the response was, he's like, Kevin, you are only on this earth for a short period of time. Um and I need you in Wisconsin. Your family is going to be forever. The mountains and all the things you love are going to be there for you forever. This is but a short time that I'm asking you to be wow. in a place where I need you to be. And uh, here we are. And uh, it was the right decision. Wow. And I love Wisconsin. That's a big leap of faith. I'm really, really impressed with that, Kevin. That that must have been very, very tricky. And for you as well, Karina, I mean, this is a big jump for uh, for both of you. So were you already, did you say you were already running attractions in the Dells outside of your family's things? Did you already have attractions there? Yes, we, um, we were, my family was running the Wax Museum, but there's a lot that we missed and, and um, you know, getting to where we are now and moving here permanently. As, as Kevin said, we jumped back and forth a lot. And it was, uh, there came a time Uh, 16 years ago, we were running the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Jackson Hole, and um, we were just presented with this opportunity to, uh, you know, my my father was, you know, looking to retire and thinking about the future of the company, and since we were now involved in, you know, the running of attractions, he, he was ready to let go of the wax museum. And um, let go of and to sell it to us, and and uh, we were excited, but not. We were excited about the space and having the opportunity <laughs> to run something there, but we weren't sure a wax museum was the attraction of the future. And we always like to be looking ahead, mm. thinking outside the box, and we just knew that there was something that we could put there that would require 
uh, some more creativity and that would be more cutting edge, um, more interactive, more immersive than looking yeah, right. at figures of wax. And so that's kind of, this is about yeah. 2002 and, you know, Harry Potter mm. out, Lord of the Rings was big. Um, and so it just got us thinking about what we should do with that space. Um, we just knew that there was something bigger yeah. and better. Did it start as Wizard Quest or tell us how Wizard Quest was born? Well, how was it? How was Wizard Quest born? <laughs> <laughs> Karina and I, um, we, we were discussing, you know, what should we do with this space? It was a, a great location, as Karina said, um, but we, we didn't want to do a wax museum. We, we figured it had gotten old and we wanted to do something different. And as Karina was mentioning, we, um, our four kids, you know, they were all like, like all kids, they were into computer games and, and PlayStation and all that type of stuff. And we'd find ourselves going on when we'd go on vacation that they were spending little time looking out the window as we're passing, you know, the Redwood Forest or Grand Canyon or something. They're looking on their yeah, faces. Sure. And, and we were just like, no, this is wrong. <laughs> and so, and like Karina was saying, you know, um, our family's into fantasy, you know, uh, Everybody in my family, yeah. with the exception of Karina, loves to read, and uh, and all of us would would read uh, fantasy novels a lot. But uh, Karina and I sat down and we were saying, you know, we need to build something that will create a teamwork where both the uh, the parents and the kids would like to do this activity together. And we were thinking, okay. We're going to be competing with, with technology and with all these computer games. And, and uh, how do you do that if you don't do it digitally? Because that's going to continue to get better and better. And we believed what we needed to do was to, yeah. to build a, um, like a video game, but in a live setting. So we wanted to immerse you into, uh, into a video game, but, uh, but it would be a live setting. And so that's where we first thought of Wizard Quest. And, and then we thought, well, the first thing we need to do is what's our theme? And like Karina was saying, you know, fantasy was so popular with Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. And we knew that it would always be popular because there are so many great authors out there, so many great fantasy authors out there that previous technology could not do their stories justice, but it can now. And so right. we, knew, we knew that there yeah. would always be fantasy films and it would always, there, there would always be an interest. So that's how we came up with the theme of fantasy. And uh, honestly, on a drive from Colorado to Wyoming on I-80, the entire time, um, we just, it, it was just impression after impression of this is what we could do. And we were super excited about mm. it and we felt right about it. And our goal and the whole purpose of it was to unite families, was to families and groups and have them do something together that they, that all of them equally enjoyed. I love it. That is so fantastic. And so then how daunting, I mean, I guess you, you come from this background, but how daunting was it to try to figure out what wizard quest was going to be? And then also if you would tell us kind of what was the original concept 
Is it what it is today? Talk us through what Wizard Quest was and what it is. Well, so the most daunting part of it was that no one had ever done this before. So, you know, not only did mm. you need to think about the theme, the story that would drive the experience, how to incorporate, um, you know, the, the adventure with uh, technology, so many, so many uh, different aspects, so many different layers to this experience that we had to figure out. And with no prototype to go by. So we were really prototyping this attraction. And so it was, it it was daunting, Um, but it it seemed like (laughs) thankfully these drives that we would often have to take, you know, between, between Wyoming and Wisconsin served a great purpose in, in working, working out the details um, you know, one of the first details, we knew we wanted it to be uh, a fantasy um, experience, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, coming up with, okay, we want it to, to be about wizards, we want to incorporate four realms, air, earth, fire, and water, because we want to create our own um, theme, our own story. We don't want to be confused with Harry Potter, right. we don't look like we're trying to be Lord of the sure. Rings. We want to create our own story. And so we did a lot of story building um, mixed with how is it going to, how are we going to actually build it? How are people going to move about the attraction? Um, it was all so completely new. One of the ways that Karina and I work is we, you know, you asked, um, what was the original concept? Is it what it is today? Uh, it's it's pretty close, but um, the way we we think is we pretend that we have all the money in the world and that that's not an obstacle, and so we let our imaginations go wild, <laughs> and uh, and we have no yeah. And then once we get to the point where we're like, oh, that would be so cool, we got to do it. Then we let reality uh, slide in and we put a budget together and we whittle it way, 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 way down and say, all right, this is what we can do. Uh, <laughs> but then we, uh, we never – Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, but then we never lose track of that dream and, uh, and we build back towards it. And so it started out um, – we wanted to do a theme park um, based on the four realms um, – and reality allowed us to do a, uh, a 10,000 square foot play space. <laughs> and, and, um, we combine technology and, and, uh, static, um, sets and, and displays and whatnot. Yeah. So let's talk through that a little bit, Kevin. Let's, we've, we've kind of talked about what we kind of talked generally about it. I've watched the video. I've watched some of the video reviews on YouTube. So I feel like, I have dipped my toe in the in the water of the uh, attraction. I don't know it inside now, but for for people who have never heard of Wizard Quest, why don't you give us the kind of the the elevator pitch or the the quick tour of what really is Wizard Quest? So, <clears throat> Wizard Quest is like you got sucked into a video game um, that you're playing with whoever you want to play with, basically. Um, it's a group experience, and that is something we pride ourselves on. 
in that we, the whatever challenges we give people, it is to be accomplished by a group. Basically, one person can't do it because that's why people come on vacation, you know, is to, to be together. Sure. And um, but, yeah, it's basically we tell a little bit about of the story and that comes with a challenge, an objective, basically. And so you can choose from different quests and you you'll based on how hard or easy or do you want to use a black light um, do you want to do more exploring? There are different, like I said, so many different layers and elements of how to um, how to reach your objectives. We we brought on um, an app builder who builds an app that so people get a, a Kindle. We call it Scrindle. And he, it will talk to you and give you objectives based on the quest that you chose. And, and it will kind of bring you into the story, say, you know, uh, you need to free the wizard of, of air, let's say. And um, it will kind of pull you into a story with all kinds of characters that we have set in place and secret passages. And uh, so it's really about exploring together. You're, you're not just walking through a virtual realm. You're walking through and you're seeing you guys have all kinds of figurines, wizards, fairies. I mean, all kinds of different uh, types of, of figures. And you're all, you really are walking through an immersive world. It's not like an online thing. The, the, uh, the Scrindle or Kindle is there to guide you and you kind of log in and check in and answer questions and whatnot. But yeah, I was surprised at how many secret passages there are slides to go down. There are all kinds of things. So it just sounds like such a fun attraction. What, what year did you actually get, get, uh, what year did wizard quest open up? In 2005. Wow. So this has been going for 15 years. I'm sure it's changed a lot though over the years. Yes, it certainly has. Like I said, that was a prototype. You know, we had we had nothing to pattern it after. <laughs> All we could do was see how people would react. Um, what would they write on the reviews? What was troubling? What was taking away from their experience? You know, what kind of patterns would come back that we would have to go in and change and alter? And honestly, the, the first day that we opened in my mind was a nightmare because there were so many things that (laughs) we just couldn't predict how people would respond. And, um, and I was like, you know, we had the day we opened, you know, we were like, we had a lineup of people all, you know, down the block ready to come in and try this out. And we were just like nailing in the last hinge to a door and, and, you know, changing our from our paint clothes into clothes that you know were more presentable to welcome the public and and we were so excited but by the end of the day we had communication you know issues because we did not have time to test it out because we are seasonal and we needed as much of the summer as we right. could so we couldn't take that time to test it out and so we just had we just opened the doors and said you know, 
let's try this. And I was, by the end of that day, I was like, Kevin, this is not going to work. What are we doing? We are in over our heads because, you know, <laughs> the understanding what they should do. And, and, you know, we had the computers all ready to go, but there were things that we didn't think of to, you know, explain how this experience was going to happen. And, and that's, that's where someone like Kevin, who can just, take it all apart and say, he just, he just told me, said, Karina, it's going to be okay. We will just take one problem at a time and bit by bit, we'll solve that and we'll move on to the awesome. next. It's going to work. And that's what we did. We spent that summer. I love it. Making it, staying up like all night, making it, um, you know, putting in bumps in the things to slow down the sliders because you know it the slides were were um there were just things that weren't working so now we spent 15 years tweaking it and uh, we've got a pretty good handle on what people like and oh it's awesome i always say that yelp is the worst thing in the world because people people only go to yelp to complain <laughs> and i went and looked up wizard quest on yelp you are four and a half out of five stars. That is unheard of. I mean, that is awesome. And again, the uh, the videos I've watched on it, the people who did it were thrilled. It's a great attraction for families. And you guys recently had a, a little bit of a nice change in your life, something exciting, if a little bit daunting. Uh, Kevin, let's see, you just received a new calling. Why don't you tell us what that was? <laughs> well... As if my life wasn't uh, already busy, they, I, uh, I was called to be the bishop in our ward out here in the town of Baraboo, Wisconsin, the home of the circus. And so I figured, you know, that's uh, appropriate for me to be the, the circus bishop. So <laughs> That's a lot. I mean, that's a, a big calling for you both. I mean, that's a ton, ton of work. But I think there must be nothing cooler then the youth of your ward meeting someone else and saying, oh, how's your bishop? It's cool. He runs Wizard Quest. <laughs> My bishop and his wife actually run Wizard Quest. I got to think that your youth must think you're the coolest couple in the world. Like, it's it's just awesome, awesome stuff. So if people want to come check out uh, Wizard Quest, what's the best way for them to check it out? First of all, online. And then secondly, uh, you know, if they want to come out and see you guys, which I do, by the way. I'm going to figure out getting to Wizard Quest. This year, is, as you know, has been a unique year in and of itself. It's already a historical year. Let me tell you to come in 2021. <laughs> we, uh, we recently, you remember how I told you that we never give up on our dream and we uh, keep pursuing it? Well, we, yeah. we are moving into stage three of the new Wizard Quest. We're building a new one. And... Uh, so we, we recently wow. purchased a city block, and um, we are in the middle of renovating a, a, a rather large building, and um, we're building a new wizard quest there because our fans and our followers have said we want more, we want bigger, and, and all that. And so we're, we're giving it to <laughs> We're changing all the things that we wanted to and learned that we needed to with the old one. So now we'll have almost three times 
the play area as we do now. And we'll have probably five times wow. as many secret passages and hidden entrances. We'll have several more quests. And uh, it's, it's going to be so, so cool. I mean, it's one thing that's very unique about our company is that we're not only the designers and the operators, we're also the builders. Um, we, we do it all. And so we conceptualize it in our mind. And then we have a phenomenal art team, which my wife heads up. And, and my oldest son and my oldest daughter are part of that art team. And then we have some other people on it that can create anything. So we we build 80 to 85% of everything in our businesses are created by us. It's it's in-house. So it's very, very personal. But um, so in 2021, we're shooting for March of 2021 to open up the new Wizard Quest. And you certainly can go on wizardquest.com to check us out. You can go to you know, um, TripAdvisor and look at the things to do in, in Wisconsin Dells. Uh, you know, there's lots and lots of reviews. And as you referred to Yelp, um, we're pretty high on TripAdvisor as well. Um, but the best thing to do is to take a nice drive or a nice flight and come on out to Wisconsin Dells and uh, we'll show you a, we'll create a <laughs> memory for you. Oh. Sounds so awesome. I'm now dying to get out there. I'm going to figure out the time. I love people like you who aren't afraid to go out there and just build something and make it so fun and something that we definitely need, which is family-friendly entertainment, creative entertainment, stuff that gets your, your brain going. And just watching some of the video of the kids running through and trying to solve the riddles and solve the, the whole quest I just think it's awesome. I think you guys are awesome. I'm hopeful that I can get out there. And uh, to all of our listeners, definitely check it out. It sounds unbelievable. This is really, really exciting. But, uh, but otherwise, I think we'll just wrap up with the question that we ask for all of our guests. And I'll let you guys decide who goes first. But that is, what does being a member of the church mean to you? Well, I'll go first. Um, being a member of the church means having several all kinds of opportunities to show my Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ how much I love them. And it also means being taught how to access the Spirit of God in, in creative endeavors. Um, I, I feel like there's a very real connection between what the creativity that that God has used to create this beautiful world and in that he places in each mm. of us to be able to do the same. And I know that those times that I'm inspired to do something and I can see a vision, I know that comes from him. And I know that that's been placed in me and to be able to have that, that knowledge of the source of inspiration um, is huge to me because not only do I know where it comes from, but I feel like I know that I've been taught how to live my life in a way that I can access that continually. For me, you know, I, I love that question, first of all, because being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ is my life. Um, 
but the word that always pops into my head, um, and I'm so grateful for it, is opportunity. Being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ gives all of us any, a plethora of opportunities. Um, it gives us an opportunity that when we fall down to get back up and start over and get get healed. It gives us an opportunity to receive comfort when we're in the midst of the storms. It gives us an opportunity to receive inspiration and impressions to help others, but not only others, but to help ourselves and our children. It gives us the opportunity to seek guidance from our Father in heaven uh, on things that are important to us because it's important to him as well. It gives us an opportunity to seek help and to seek peace and all those things. And so being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, to me, means opportunity. Mm, awesome. Awesome. Beautiful answers. They are the builders and owners of Wizard Quest out in the beautiful Wisconsin Dells. They are also amazing members of the church doing such good things in the world. Karina and Kevin Ricks, thank you so much for sharing your Latter-day life with us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Sean, for thinking of us and giving us an opportunity to talk. And my special thanks to uh, Karina and Kevin Ricks. Aren't they amazing? you got to check this place out. Go to YouTube or go to the Facebook page. It's just incredible what they've built. And I'm now going to definitely wait until the newer, larger one opens up, but I've got to get out there to check it out. Uh, this week in my Latter-day life, I saw somebody on social media post that social media is the great and spacious building. And of course, that refers uh, to Lehi's dream. And it made me chuckle, because doesn't it feel that way sometimes? It just feels like there is so much mocking and so much yelling and so much of of everything going on. And as I really thought about this whole idea of social media is the great and spacious building, I started thinking about some of the people I follow on social media. And these people include our apostles. These people include the church. They include other podcasts uh, like this one that are very affirmative in the church. I follow inspirational people. And I also, I'm, I'm friends with some people who, yeah, it feels like the great and spacious building. But I control that. I get to decide what it is, and I get to decide how often I go there. And if social media or our actual relationships or the TV shows we watch, the podcasts we listen to, whatever, if those things are like the great and spacious building, that's on us. We're the only ones who can build great and spacious buildings in our own lives. And sometimes I get agitated or I get frustrated. I'm pretty into politics and I do a lot of studying and I listen to different podcasts and listen to the radio. And again, I can really appreciate different political points of view. But when it starts getting vitriolic, when it starts getting hateful, when it starts getting in your face, that's when it's time to check out. We don't need those things. Those are not of the Spirit. I'm so grateful that the scriptures are full of what the fruits of the Spirit are. And realistically, everything we do should bring in the fruits of the Spirit. And there are ways to have spirited debate. There are ways to have conversations with others who feel differently from us. 
without that negativity and without that hatred and without creating our own personal great and spacious buildings. Again, if we are constantly in a great and spacious building, that is on us. There are plenty of ways to quiet down those voices that would drown out the spirit. I'm going through that right now. I'm really changing the media that I watch, the things that I listen to, the things that I read, the way that I connect, and how much time I spend on media. My goodness, even good media has limits. We have to be out in the world. We have to be one-on-one. People will say things on the radio, on television, on social media. They will say things they would never say face-to-face with other people. It is a time in our country and in our world that can feel like so much panic. I keep seeing people saying, oh, I just feel angst and anxiety. We know the answer. The answer is the spirit. We know how this ends. I absolutely loved it when Kevin said that all of these things are short term, but the gospel and our families and all the things that matter, they are long term. This too shall pass. And when it does, we will rest in his glory if we do not get caught up and wrapped up in all those things. This past weekend, my wife and I actually went uh, camping. Again, I mentioned before, I'm not a, a big camper, but I'm trying to make more effort. How wonderful it was to not have cell reception, to just sit by a fire, to just stand by a lake, to do a little bit of fishing and exploring and hiking. We went and saw a bunch of church history sites. We went into an old church Uh, up in a town that I'd pretty much never heard of, and read the history of the faithful people there. We have to fill our lives with these things that lift us up, and I sure hope that this podcast is part of the solution and not a part of the problem, because I never, ever want to be accused of building the great and spacious building. And that's what's happening this week in my Latter-day life. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you know someone who would enjoy the show, if you could share it with them, gosh, that just means the world to us. Hard to believe we've already now done 150 episodes. Well, I think that's about all we got for you this week. So until we meet again, there is a great, big, beautiful world out there. So go be in it, just not of it. Thanks for listening. 